Kicking Grass. I am your host, David Walding, the original Lobo Verde. And I'm Rob Novak, joining David here. Uh, welcome, Rob. I um, want to welcome everybody to episode 1.5 of Kicking Grass. Yes, that's right. 1.5. We're, we're kind of getting a little bit of a duo on the first episode, so hopefully the, the audio quality is a little better for y'all and a little easier to listen to. But we'll yeah. definitely be talking about some some different things. We're not going to rehash completely episode one. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, I know we said we were going to come at you every two weeks, and here we are one week later <laughs> with a new episode, but we did warn you we're also going to do what we want, right? That's right. That's right. So here we are, episode 1.5. Episode one will be uh, relegated to the confines of lost episode pretty soon. We're going to call it the lost episode. <laughs> Um, and so if you haven't heard it and you really want to check out all of our technical difficulties, you can do that, but don't wait because it's going to be gone here pretty soon. Good decision, I think. <laughs> so, uh, I want to start out today. I know that, um, I have a question that's been burning in my mind for you, Rob, for a long time. What's, what's that question? And maybe? I'm going to have to ask you this question today. Okay. Please do. Because if not, nobody's going to understand your intro theme music. Okay. So my question, I probably know the answer, but I'm hoping you surprise me. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, Rob Novak, the famous actor from Buda, Texas. Yes. In any way related to Keron Novak, the famous actor from What We Do in the Shadows. I am not. I'm also not related to BJ Novak, uh, nor Kim Novak, oh. unfortunately. So, <laughs> Boy, you're just killing me today. I was I hoping I'd get a yes to one of those, and you preempted everything I was going to ask you. Sorry. But, uh, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to follow in, in at least one of their footsteps and, and I, add I, to the, the Novak acting legacy in, in Hollywood. I, I think you should just act like you're related to Kevin Novak, personally. I, I I have an affinity towards BJ, but I, I think Kevin and I could could definitely <laughs> you could definitely be confused. side I, by side. You could definitely pull that off. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think I could be like cousins to either one of them. Absolutely. So, <laughs> well, thanks for that. We're coming at you today from the South Austin Beer Garden here in the greatest city on earth, That's Austin, right. Texas. Yes, sir. Um, I am with a uh, peanut butter. Stout today. I yep. think it's the peanut infamous butter peanut butter stout. Peanut what do you got, Rob? I've got the uh, Austin Beer Works uh, Pearl Snap Pills on me today. I'm going going with a lighter beer today. So, and I guess we are going to get into some soccer talk today because I guess so. It's been an eventful week. It has been more eventful for me than for you. I would say. I mean, eventful in different ways. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's a that's a valid point. Yeah. So, um, but I guess I want to start off the conversation. Sure. Talking about uh, Austin FC Los Verdes. Um, Let's do it. Because we've had two games already. I won't. I have. We haven't had an episode since that um, Texas showdown in Houston. 
Copate uh, has match. Yeah, Austin FC taking on the Houston Dynamo on uh, Saturday, was it? Or was it Sunday? Um, it's all a blur. I've had so Sunday, much beer and tequila yeah. now. Um, and and <laughs> For good reason. Yeah, the beer and tequila are, are, are continuing. So, yeah, you're right. That was a Sunday? No, it was Saturday. My bad. Okay. It was it was the eleventh, yep. Saturday match. It's it's again yep. all blurring together for me these days. But um Saturday we went down to Houston. Um Did you make the trip? I did not make the trip. I all watched right. it on TV. Um I I'm gonna go to the game up in Dallas when we play Dallas up in uh, Frisco. As well you should. Um yep. but no, I'm not a big fan of H Town. So yeah. um <laughs> I, I had no uh intention of going to, to Houston. Uh, it seems like that was probably a good decision because post game, one mm-hmm. of the, uh, La Morga, one of the Los Verdes yeah. supporters, one of the Austin FC supporters was actually kind of attacked, assaulted, beat up, uh, trumpet got stolen. So, yeah. uh, we wish him the best and, um, H town, come on, be better. That's right. I mean, that should not happen anywhere. And I even saw last night in, uh, Philadelphia that some Club America supporters actually killed a man outside wow. of a uh, uh, a restaurant there in, in South Philly um, after ambushing him, attacking him. I, you know, I, I don't know the full story. I just saw a man was, uh, you know, one of the Philadelphia supporters was is now, is now dead after uh, an attack from some Club America supporters. So I, I think both of us condemn any sort of violence at any sporting event whatsoever. Absolutely. That's tragic. Our um, sympathies and our heart go out to the to the family of, of the victim for that. Um, and we just want to say, say no to violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no excuse for that ever. Come on, Houston. Yep. Just be better. I know the, the club doesn't support that at all. Mm-hmm. Austin doesn't. And I'm sure the Houston Dynamo does not either. I know their supporters group doesn't condone that. For sure. So um, just just let's be better, guys, and do a better job from here on out. Yep. But anyway, let's get into the game. I want to start out um, because you watched that game yep, against I Houston. I sure did. I sure did. I, that's the first Austin FC game I have watched live in any capacity. Yeah, well, you picked a great one, I tell you. I so, sure did. Um, uh, I, I'm telling you, to go down Copa Texas mm-hmm. and play a team that is, that is, that is, the worst team in the Western Conference of MLS. The Houston Dynamo is the worst team. I don't care what the points say. <laughs> I mean, they are the worst the team. No, I don't want to look at the table. Points don't lie. No, they do lie sometimes. This is a case where they lie. Houston is the worst <laughs> team in the Western Conference. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So we'll go with that. To go down to the worst team in the Western Conference mm-hmm. and a team that had not won. In 16 games, they had not pulled yep. out a win since May. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but they had lost like six of their last seven games. They weren't even yep. making, they weren't even tying games. Nope. Nope. They were really, really bad. Now, I know Darwin Quintero came back, and that's a huge boost for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, to go down and suffer the worst defeat in the history of the franchise of Austin FC, because mm-hmm. that's what it ended yep. up being. Yep. Uh, that's just completely unacceptable. Um, so uh, I, I want to get into some thoughts on the game, but before we even do that, sure, I'm going to play a couple of clips from the post-game press conference All that right. I pulled out by Josh Wolf because 
I've got some thoughts on the game itself, but I have some thoughts on the uh, post-game and the rest of the week and everything else that's going on with Austin FC these days. So um, let's get into that. Here is Josh Wolf, uh, head coach of Austin FC, after that loss to the Houston Dynamo. We talked about what this game was going to be, a team that hadn't won in 16 games, a level of intensity that you need to have first to walk on the field in this league to compete. And to come out and do that, Danny Pereira wasn't even close to being up to speed. Uh, you know, I just talked to him about, does he know who Quintero is? Did he actually look to, to, to do the research? We have plenty of video, plenty of things available to allow these guys to know exactly who their direct opponents are. And it's not just him, but on the play, man, there, there's got to be a level of physicality, competing. And again, when he gets turned, he shuts off. He, 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 again, similar to what happened in Dallas. Um, just, just no commitment to the next actions, and it affected him. Clearly, it affected. Him. Stop moving for the first half was very uncomfortable, and it was unfortunate. But that was, um, you know, a, a few people had, had that that level of you know of intensity that was lacking, and uh, it cost us. You get hit in the mouth for the first forty five seconds, it hurts, and um, the response took too long. And and again, it was it was frustrating. The second goal is is obviously unfortunate. We have security of the ball at, at midfield, and it's a long ball that Julio skips off his leg and it's terribly frustrating. It's terribly frustrating. We made some changes again. I think Tomas um, went on his own page to some degree in the first half, was taking all the corner kicks, was moving well across the field, wasn't staying in his area, wasn't making the runs behind the line. And then between him and Danny, we had to make the change. They weren't sticking to what we talked about. They certainly weren't executing at a good level. And and again, we brought in Rodney to bring us verticality, Sebastian to, to bring us mobility, and certainly the um, the the level of um, technical quality to distribute and, and, and cover some ground. Um, and, and I think the second half started much much better. Okay, Rob. So um, I'll throw it out to you first because I've got some things to say. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, first thing off the top of my head is just wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, for that to be the first answer coming out of a coach's mouth after, in, in the post-game press conference is it's hard to hear. It's hard to listen to because you know, you know, he's, you know what he's doing a bit, but does he know what he's doing fully? Uh, you know what he's trying to do, but he's not good at it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the right tactic to come out right after that type of loss and throw a couple of your players completely under the bus there. Yeah. So I'm uh, I, I'm interested to hear, because we haven't talked about the actual game uh, yeah. very much, mm -hmm. um, but I watched that first half, and yes, Austin was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I thought they were basically almost or just as bad in the second half. Um, so I looked at that first half and I don't see, uh, personally, was Danny Pereira great? No. Was mm. Tomas Pochettino uh, outstanding? No. No. Um, but I could name probably seven or eight other players that fall into that same category and a couple that were probably even worse in that first half than either Danny Pereira or Tomas Pochettino. Yeah. And it just seemed like to me, the whole team just didn't didn't feel like it knew what they were doing, and they didn't feel. I mean, nobody felt like they were on the same page, you right? Know? 
and, uh, and for those who haven't seen it, the first goal came at 45 seconds into yeah, the match. See, it wasn't even a minute into the match. And, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, oh, yeah, I, I got some time to turn on the game. Uh, you know, I was kind of finishing up dinner. So I, I, you know, I got the alert on my phone that, you know, the first I wasn't expecting a goal until maybe the 90th minute, to be honest, from either team. But, uh, you know, it was it was quite shocking. And it was quite shocking even further that it was Houston. Right, and so I actually had to go back, and I rewatched that goal a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I watched it after the game, but I also watched it after the press conference, because yeah. I was like, is there something I'm missing there? Mm-hmm. Now, Darwin Quintero was, um, Danny Pereira was marking him yeah. on that first goal, mm-hmm. um, and Pereira like, uh, was in the area, and um, Darwin nutmegged him. It went right through the legs, yeah. mm-hmm. but... Uh, the entire defense and the entire midfield. I mean, Alex Ring was right there, didn't do anything. Right. I mean, you've got uh, your defenders take your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all just kind of standing around. Anyone could have stepped up to that Exactly. Ball. The pressure wasn't coming up um, outside the box, which is what they should have been doing. But right. that's that's a team issue. Mm-hmm. That's not an individual mm-hmm. player issue. Right. Um, Alex Ring got, like, just totally destroyed and taken to school a few minutes later by mm-hmm. Darwin Quintero. So, I mean, you got to give some credit to Darwin. I mean, yeah. he's, an, he's an excellent player. He is. And, mm-hmm. um, but to hear that press conference and, say, and hear him throw Danny, like a, he's 20 years old, yeah. under the bus like that, and say, um, did you even look at the film? We have film available mm-hmm. for you to look at. And my question is, Josh, did you teach anybody on that team about Darwin Quintero? Did you right. advise them? We have film available. It's kind of like the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard from a coach yeah. ever to say that. I mean, it's up to the coach mm-hmm. to provide the strategy. If the coach chooses right. a starting lineup and the coach puts Danny Pereira at 20 years old as the mm-hmm. starting, like containing midfielder, knowing that Darwin Quintero is going to start, yep. isn't it up to the coach? To say, hey, Danny, here's some film for you to look at. Go look at this. Let's talk right. about this. Let me show you how you're going to play this game coming mm-hmm. out of the gate. I mean, it just seemed a, a bit ridiculous to yeah. me. I mean, it's like he he's, he thinks he can absolve himself of any responsibility. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I, I, I don't know what to say about that. I was not... I was not happy about the performance, obviously, mm. but I was also not happy about the post-game press conference. Oh, yeah. um, then he goes further to say Tomas Pacchettino doesn't is not playing mm-hmm. how I want him to play and just right. going off and doing on his own. So coming out the second half, he switched out Danny Pereira and Tomas Pochettino. Mm-hmm. He subbed in Sebastian Burhalter and Rodney Redis. Yep. Now you're down two zero on the road mm-hmm. to a rival. You need goals. By the way, you've got your high-priced striker sitting on the bench. Um, and the your subs are Sebastian Burhalter and Rodney Redis. And then, basically, according to the press conference, everything was sunshine and roses after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I hate calling out individual players. Um, Sebastian Burhalter, though, got schooled and got dispossessed many times mm-hmm. in that second half yeah um rodney reddas actually thought had a good game for rodney reddas i mm. thought he came in and did 
okay on that right-hand side. Mm -hmm. But here's a player who, obviously, you haven't been playing. I mean, yeah. he's not had minutes. I right. Sometimes I have to remind myself he's even on the team. He's been so absent from this lineup. So to come mm -hmm. in that second half and say, the saviors of Austin FC are going to be Sebastian Burhalter and Rodney Redes, right. that also doesn't ring mm -hmm. true to me. You're going to take off Pochettino and, and, and Danny Pereira, mm -hmm. and you're going to put on those two and say that's the way we're going to come back and get three goals in the second half right uh it just does not feel true to me and mm -hmm. i don't i don't know how anyone interprets that other than we've given up on this match right did you have any other feeling when that happened i mean not really i mean i was like why you know why is nothing being done for the actual attack at that point like why are you not right really you know, bringing on somebody like, I mean, why, why is Jate not playing? Yeah, that's a great question. You know? I still have I mean, that question. You know, we'll get into like, that. Yeah, I'm sure we will. But, I mean, changing a defender and a midfielder, or really defensive midfielders, you know, you're not, that, that's not, they're not a launching point that I've seen for any real attacks that yep. have been successful in, in, for, for Austin FC ever. The, throughout the season, prior to that game, mm -hmm. Um, Danny Pereira has been our better attacking midfielder. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you need attack, it's Danny Pereira. Yeah. Sebastian Burhalter is brought in to defend more. Yeah. You're down two zero. Mm -hmm. um, Why are you defending? It, it, it's just a weird <laughs> statement from the substitution at that point to mm -hmm. me to to make that particular move. Yeah. Um, if you want to send a message to Danny, okay, I get that. Um, the Tomas thing is a little bit weirder for me. Yeah. So he said, basically he's all over the field. Well, yeah, but yeah. is that because he's ignoring you or is that because he feels pressure to, um, perform, perform and put some effort and, and, and make something happen himself as your yeah. DP? I don't know the answer yeah. to that, but again, it seems like that's just, that's just strange. And I, um, to hear him talk about how great they played in the second half. By the way, they got scored on in the second half. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they it, it, they did not score in the second mm -hmm. half. That was not a they great didn't even second get half. Close, I don't think. Well, they got close they got... with uh, with uh, Cecilio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, which directly led to that goal mm -hmm. against. But yeah. um, and, and we'll we'll talk about Cecilio too. But if mm -hmm. you want to talk the first half. There's a great place to start. I thought one of the worst performers on the field in that first half was Cecilio Dominguez. Really? Yeah, absolutely I did. Um, mm -hmm. he's, and part of it is they continue to play him at that number nine position. He's just not a number nine. Right. And I don't know how much of that is him being out of position, which is the refrain of an excuse, but we're in, what, game 24 at this point? Yeah. Um, and how much of that is, but uh, but it was much more than that. Like on that on the on the goals in the first half, he was the one giving away the ball, right? Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. falls back in the midfield, right? Uh, gives away the ball, is dispossessed, mm -hmm. and then stands there and watches the play. And yeah. he did that over and over again that first half. Mm -hmm. So I don't. Um, if there was an obvious change to be made, it yeah. was at the number nine position. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And. I mean, just to have a striker of, you know, that caliber, Jate's caliber, I mean, yeah, League 2, right? But 
I mean, I would still rank League Two as above MLS in, oh, in yeah, worldwide. I, you know, if we're ranking leagues worldwide, um, you know, if he can do it there, he can absolutely do it in MLS. It's a, so it, why is he not getting a chance? It's at least comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be. It, most people rank it ahead of MLS, but I think it's at least comparable. Yeah, to MLS. I mean, I, and, and that's fair. I mean, they're in that that a spectrum of you know leagues that you would cluster together. P.S. And by the way, he's played striker for the Senegal national team. Yes, he has. So it's not like he's a random no. sub in League Two. Yeah, some some random kid from Estonia. No, he he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Now, um, I'm going to backtrack just one second sure. because uh, in the lost episode, mm-hmm. I made some shout outs to some podcasts. Yeah. And um, so there was a uh, box to box, mm-hmm. and I invited uh. Mason Carmichael to come on. Yep. Um, that's now defunct. The United Soccer with Harry mm-hmm. Austin. That's now defunct. Uh, the Throw-In <laughs> is also now defunct. Although yeah. uh, he's got a new yeah, show. Yeah, he has a new show. That um, again, J- Justin, if you're listening and want to come on, promo your show. Uh, <laughs> please feel free to do that. Um, I failed to mention one that is not defunct that I'm yeah. currently listening to that I, I, I think needs a shout out, mm-hmm. which is um, the Striker MLS podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do a great job covering all things uh, Austin FC, mm-hmm. FC Dallas, and the team that should not be named. <laughs> um, yeah. And Chris Bills is the one that does the Austin FC. I mm-hmm. mention this because uh, we got into a little uh, Twitter exchange i saw that yeah yeah people think that's contentious but um Mm -hmm. it really isn't i think (laughs) chris and i have a lot of respect for chris chris again if you're ever wanting and allowed to come on this podcast and (laughs) and hash it out um one-on-one we can totally do that uh if you listen to the mls striker mls podcast Mm -hmm. uh they do a great job and i think chris and i are actually probably on the same page on a lot of things mm-hmm. when it comes to Austin FC. Yeah. Uh, but we totally got into it on Twitter about uh, Musa Jite mm-hmm. and not being played by Josh Wolf. Right, yeah. Um, and I think some of that is just because I think uh, Chris and I have opposite Twitter personalities, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, is that safe to say, Rob? I think it's safe to say. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so... My issue is this. You've got this striker on the bench mm-hmm. uh, that you paid lots of money for. You bring him in. Uh, you signed him June 30th. Mm-hmm. He came to Austin the first week of August. You're sitting here on September 11th, and you're going to tell me he's not fit to play more than 20 minutes? Yeah. That that does not ring true to me. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's I'm getting all of these explanations from yeah. the coaching staff at Austin FC that just don't feel correct to me. No. Um, if he's not fit, why? Right. Um, there's something. There's got to be something more than that. Mm-hmm. And and Chris's point was, David, you don't know. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, neither does Chris. Neither does anybody because because of COVID, we don't have access to the team. We're not right. seeing the practices. We're not in the locker rooms. We don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Yeah, and that's what I'll say also about the substitutions. We don't mm-hmm. really know. Yeah, I'm kind of true. hoping that there was some halftime uh, issues or mm-hmm. meltdown or locker room or attitude or something yeah. that we don't know about, which provoked some of this because that would Possibly. explain some stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I don't 
get how your starting striker, well, theoretically, your starting striker. <laughs> your only striker. Be, I mean, he's got to be your starting striker, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's the only one you have on the roster. Yes. Period. Yeah. He's the mm-hmm. only one. So, um, anyway. But if you listen to the second comment of Josh Wolf, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on from that Houston fiasco because yeah. I just can't. I don't have enough beer in my glass to, to finish that conversation. Um, regardless to say it was a disappointing performance. It, yeah. I, and for many Austin FC fan, that's yeah. that. I mean, that, that's, the, I mean, at minimum, it was disappointing at minimum. So let's move on. Then yep. you have a game on a midweek game mm-hmm. Wednesday night yep. at home yep. against the LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you heard the second comment by Josh Wolf, which is there will be changes yep. to this roster mm-hmm. for that game. Yep. Well, first of all, yeah, there were always going to be changes because you've got three games in a week. Yep. Yep. Uh, but the changes were, uh, Danny Pereira was benched. Mm-hmm. Tomas Pochettino was benched. Mm-hmm. He brought in Sebastian Burhalter started that game. Um, and he also brought in for Tomas Pochettino, uh, Jared Stroud. Mm-hmm. So Jared Stroud started on that right wing for this game. Yep. Cecilio Domingos was again at the number nine position. Uh, no Musajite. Basically, you had the two main subs were Sebastian Burhalter and um, Jared Stroud right. came in and right. replacing the two that he had just thrown under the bus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I don't know that that's totally unexpected, but is that wholesale lineup changes? It was pretty no. much the same formation. <laughs> it was pretty much the same strategy. You took two and substituted um, yep. for them that you had called out on Saturday. I don't know mm-hmm. how he would start those two at this point. Right, yeah, no. Um, now, Danny did come in in the second half. He played mm-hmm. the last 20 minutes or so. Right. Um, as not good as I thought Sebastian Burhalter was against Houston, uh, he was acceptably decent. He was pretty good um, in that first half mm-hmm. against LAFC. Um, then got subbed out. Jared Stroud got subbed out at halftime. Yeah. Um, I didn't think, again, either one was a real difference maker against LAFC. Yeah. Um, that game started out, there was a like immediate goal almost kind of like the the equivalent of the Houston mm-hmm. fast in the first couple of minutes right. for Austin which was uh disallowed for yep. offside um then you got to a penalty kick that was awarded so mm-hmm. um I, again at the stadium I, I want to give everybody who's joining in with us a little picture of what it's like at the stadium so <laughs> sure. we're sitting here watching the game all of a sudden the game gets stopped um, I don't know that anybody at the stadium knew what they were looking at. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation given to us in the stadium when it's live. Yeah. They do not put any of the replays or any video up on the screen. Or even so, an indication. That, no, what, what's being reviewed, nothing. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there in the stadium going, basically, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, a penalty kick is awarded. Yeah. Um, now, there was... There were some people around me saying, well, it must have been a handball or something mm-hmm. they were looking at. Um, so I didn't really get to see that until this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reviewed the goal um, and that decision. So on the field, it was not given as a penalty kick. 
Right. Play and, and what was the infraction? And or supposed infraction. Supposed infraction was a handball. Was a handball. Okay. So um, when I saw the replay at home the next morning, mm-hmm. um, what you see is a cross being sent in by LAFC. I guess everybody watching on TV knew this, but yeah, nobody yeah. in the stadium, I think, right, really yeah. did. Of course. Um, at the very edge of the box, uh, it was uh, it was Diego Fagundes. Mm. And so he jumps, and while he's in the air, he's turned. He's got his back to the play, literally. Okay. The ball hits him in the back near the shoulder. Okay. Like bounces off of the elbow, perhaps, and hits his shoulder with his back turned to the ball. Okay. And the referee decides that that's a handball in the area. Deserving overturning the call on the field and wow. the penalty kick. That's... Um, I, I watched a couple of different replays of it, mm-hmm. and there were multiple announcers on both of the replays, and none of them thought yeah. it was a penalty oh, kick definitely. at the time. Uh, the referee apparently did. So, um, the... well, do I mean, did the referee even go consult a pitch side monitor? Or yes, he went he to the pitch side okay. monitor, which is why we were all sitting around going, "What what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he looked at the monitor and awarded the penalty kick. That was the first goal for LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it was deserving of a look. There's enough of a question that you could look at it. To me, it's not something that is, quote, clear and obvious, unquote. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you award the PK in that situation. Yeah. He did. Now, this ref was pretty questionable, in my mm-hmm. opinion, the entire match. Um, and I think, uh, Anthony Precourt has now called him out as, yeah, as on Twitter, yeah, as not being a great ref. I don't think that's why we ended up with the ultimate result we did. Um, we had a pretty good goal to tie it up one-one mm-hmm. in that first half, and um, I do want to talk about the goal because it points to some of my questions with the personnel. Again, you have Gita on the bench. You have uh, Cecilio Dominguez at the nine. Mm-hmm. So what happened in that goal was basically what I understand Wolf doesn't want them to do, which is mm-hmm. they did a quick uh, pass out to the right side and then an instant kind of counterattack into mm-hmm. empty space mm-hmm. in the middle, yeah. which Cecilio ran on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that possession build out of the back, pass it around right. 20 times. It was a quick one-two mm-hmm. uh, out into space. Cecilio ran onto it, uh, got to the ball, uh, made a couple of really good moves and chipped the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and then missed. Uh, the ball hits the post, bounce off the post, Diego Fuyundas puts it in. Yeah. But it goes to my point. I mean, people are saying, oh, what a great game Cecilio played. He missed that open goal. Yeah. He missed it. Yeah. He's not a number nine. Mm-hmm. And... Again, I don't want to take away from what he did well on that play, mm-hmm. but he didn't do what you want a number nine to do, which is finish the finish right. the shot at an empty net. Mm-hmm. He missed it. It yep. hit the post. Yep. So I don't want to also kind of overlook that point, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we did get the goal back. Mm-hmm. We played relatively well, but uh, again, second half, it was one of those kind of mind-numbing mistakes mm-hmm. where... I think it was Danny Pereira gave had come in for Sebastian mm-hmm. Berhalter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, gave the ball away in midfield. 
led to a direct counter where neither, none of the defenders were really in position. None of the defenders could recover. One on one with the goalkeeper, and they put it away. Two one. Austin FC loses again. Yep. I also want to mention just the attendance. There was like, I would say not half empty stadium, but yeah. it was getting close. I would say maybe maybe forty percent empty stadium at mm-hmm. that point. Um, a lot of people left. Uh, halftime. A lot of people left at the second goal. I mean, it was not mm-hmm. what you're used to seeing at Q2 Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the performance on the field, it was kind of more of the same. It was kind yeah. of where they've been most of the season. Mm-hmm. Close, not quite there. Yep. Um, some head scratching substitutions. Mm-hmm. Oh, P.S. And by the way, Musajite was subbed in at the 86th, 86th minute. minute. Um, so you got a full four minutes plus stoppage mm-hmm. time of Musajite. Hey, he got um, to commit a foul in those four minutes. He, so, you know, he, got um he had the most dangerous opportunity of the game i thought within like the first minute or two of stepping on the field Mm -hmm. i mean he looked great in four minutes yeah if you can do that and um so why is he not looking he created more i I thought there were more opportunities on goal with him on Mm -hmm. than there were in the other first 86 minutes of the match yeah i mean other than that cecilio Breakaway, quick strike, right. Diego Fagunda's goal in the first mm-hmm. half. I never got a sense that we were really close to scoring. Yeah. Um, until Musajite stepped on the mm-hmm. field, then I thought we stepped it up. Now, one of yeah. that part of that is, of course, he's coming on when everybody else is tired. Mm-hmm. Part of that is it's the end of the match. LAFC is winning. Yeah. So we're in all-out attack mode. They're in all-out defense mode. Yeah. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. Still, just the physical presence he provides um, is obviously effective. Yeah, obviously to me. So I don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, before this match even started, you had Wolf come out and say, Musa Jite will start one of the next two matches. Again, I'm kind of, this is kind of my heap on Josh Wolf day, but what the hell is that? <laughs> What does that even mean? Well, can you and, explain that to me? And why would you, if you didn't start him tonight, why is he only getting four minutes before he's supposedly going to play 90? Like, I just, I, I can't you would, get you it. You would think, like, because like, what, he got like 20 minutes in Houston, right? Right. He had pay, He's played, to this point, two games he wasn't even on the bench. Right. Seven games after that, 50 I think about 50 minutes. Yeah. Game I mean, you, you would think you would go from like 20 minutes to a half to the full game, right? Let me um, just point out that it is possible to start your one and only starting striker at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And then take him out. Take him out later. Later. Yeah. Um, you don't have to wait till the last four minutes. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, that, that statement makes little sense to me. It does. In. So what, you've now committed to start him Saturday against uh, San Jose? Right. And why would you do that on Monday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, none of this really makes a whole lot of sense to me. It also undercuts the whole he's not fit statement. Yeah. I oh, mean, absolutely. I mean, what? I'm just so confused by all of this with Musajite. I it's... do not understand what's going on with Musajite. And this was kind of what we got in, what I got into with Chris Bills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what what, what professional soccer player 
is not ready to go. I mean, he obviously he's on the European calendar. Yes. But he came in in August. That's yes. the end of preseason, the beginning of the season in Europe. He should be in ready to go. Right. And I get that he wasn't um, playing might not have, matches for yeah, a while. He may not have had but matches. But I presume he also wasn't sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Exactly. He was working out, being mm-hmm. ready. If he wasn't, then there's a different issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I, physically, he looks fine. Yeah. Um, it does not take six to seven weeks. No. To get in 45 minute game shape. Right. My, my point is, if you're not fit for 45 minutes, the. Um, the medical staff isn't going to let you even be on the bench. Yeah, yeah. So he's been 45 minutes fit for the last six games. Yeah. So I, I'm just so confused by all of this. Mm-hmm. I I do not understand um, what's going on with the coaching staff more than anything. There were some, again, interesting subs in that second half. Yeah. Um, I. I, I don't I, I just don't get what's going on. It's very frustrating to the fans. It's very frustrating to me. Yeah. Um I think you're starting to see it yeah. in the attendance. I hope it's not a situation well where they're saying, Well, we got the money anyway, it doesn't matter if they're in the stands. It just matters if they paid for the ticket and yeah. the tickets are already paid for. Mm-hmm. Um I hope that's not what's going on. Um because one's gonna lead to the other. Mm-hmm. So if you're not Paying attention to the fans now when they're invested and yeah. going out and supporting you, and you're already starting to see the effects. Now, some of that's going to be COVID. Some of that's going to be that it was a Wednesday night. Some mm-hmm. of that's going to be you've got another home game coming up in four days. Yeah. Um, but still, that it's it start the attendance issues are starting to be a little bit concerning. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple friends uh, looking to get rid of their tickets for last night. Last, uh, they were able to. They found takers, um, but, you know, it's, th- there's only so long that the people outside of Austin Anthem and Los Verdes can take before yeah. they are like, why do I care about this? You know, um, I thought it was going to take much longer, uh, but like you well, said, but it's you also didn't day. expect us to be dead last in the Western yeah, Conference, I, I also, No, I did not. Okay. I did not. That's I, and, that's a difference. And I, mean, I think all of the fans that are complaining about the fans that are complaining, mm-hmm. the ones that are saying, oh, it's our first year, it's an expansion club, yeah. you should just be happy to have a team and don't complain about the results. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't expect a championship in year one. No. Nobody was expecting a championship in year one. No, no, not at all. But Josh Wolf and Claudio Reyna themselves said, we will compete for mm-hmm. a playoff position. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that. not unreasonable. And I think what the fans expected were to not be dead last, mm-hmm. let's start with that, and to see improvement as the year yeah, yeah. went on. Yeah. Uh, I think we're seeing the exact opposite. Yeah. We are dead last, yeah. and we're seeing the team get worse as the season goes on, right. not better. So so I, so I, at this point, I would just like to issue an apology to all of the Austin FC fans. Oh, great. The Austin Bold have set an unreasonable expectation for you all. By winning Copa Tejas and getting to the quarterfinals of the USL Championship oh in their first year. And, and, and I understand that. You saw that. You were like, oh, man, we really got to. So I, so I apologize deeply from the bottom of my heart that we set that standard. Uh, on behalf of FC Fort Worth. Yes, on, the, on behalf of FC Fort Worth. Okay. Well, I guess that's as good a transition as any. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. All right. <laughs>
So let's move on to uh, some USL action. I understand you were yes. at uh, the Austin. I was out at the pond for Austin Bold versus uh, New Mexico United. Yep. Um, and I have to say, the the Ryan Thompson effect is is still hanging on for for match two. Uh, you know, for those of you who who may miss actual episode one, uh, you know, Ryan Thompson was brought in to see out the rest of the season for Marcelo Serrano, who had been the the coach from day one for the bold. Um, and, uh, the bold had been in a bit of a, a malaise themselves, uh, drawing a lot, uh, losing a couple that maybe they could have drawn or, or possibly won. Um, but then, you know, Ryan Thompson took over. They got a win over San Antonio FC, which we'll talk about later. Um, and then last night, you know, they, they looked even more, motivated uh or not last night but um when they played uh last friday uh they looked even more motivated than than that game against than safc um they had a ton of chances they were just super unlucky all game uh until they finally did get a, a penalty kick towards the end there and and javi baez was able to to bury it for us but i mean it was a great it really was a really good game uh, and it's, it's weird. It, I mean, I haven't seen them play with that enthusiasm since, since fairly early in the season. And this is a depleted squad, you know, we've sold off a few people, but Hey, guess what? Depleted. Why <laughs> depleted? Why? I, nobody knows. <laughs> uh, but, uh, somehow, some way, somebody convinced Sonny Guadarrama to sign back up for the rest of the season. Breaking news? Where, Breaking where, where news. did this come from? This came from everywhere yesterday, out of nowhere. Um, I just, I, for, I happened to be on Twitter, like, the moment Mark Bay, the uh, striker um, correspondent for the Bold, happened to post, Breaking news, Sonny G is back at Bold. Well, I guess you need somebody on the bench. You right? need somebody on the bench. No, I mean, Sonny's... Sonny's going to provide some great support and, and hopefully some, some spells for some folks who are, I can tell are tired um, and may need a break. So it's, well, when you it's only welcome. Have, when you only have 12 players, it's exactly. easy to get tired, it's right? It's very easy to get tired. Well, so. that, that, uh, Sonny, uh, I, just congratulations. And I look forward to seeing what you're able to do uh, the rest of the season. That's Me great too. news, Rob. I hadn't, um, Actually heard that till you told me that. So. Really, really, yeah. It's no, it's all over the place. Um, you know, if you if you were on USL Twitter a little more, uh, you know, you might you might have seen it. But uh, yeah, well, congrats, Sonny, and if, again, Sonny Guadarrama. If you want to ever come on the program, yes. uh, I'm sure Rob will have you on. I would be very happy to talk to you, Sonny. Um, but uh, but what's really cool is Mark. I didn't even notice when I was there um, for the game, but Sonny was actually at the New Mexico United game. Sitting with Marcelo and Bobby Epstein, uh, was also at the game. Um, well, the, the photo that he took and posted, Bobby wasn't sitting with them. He was a few rows in front, but, <laughs> uh, but Marcelo was, uh, was, was sitting next to, to Sonny. So, um, you know, I, who knows? Maybe Marcelo can work some more magic, get Asima Tumasi back for the rest of the season, too. I don't know. I mean, FC Dallas is what, I mean, they, I mean, they're not really getting into the playoffs at this point, are they? You know, they, they don't need well, a, a they right did, back or. <laughs> they did pull a draw with new NYCFC. They did? They did get another point. Yeah. They are not the third worst team in <laughs> the aren't. conference. So, <laughs> meh. 
They, you know. I, there's still a possibility for FC Dallas. But, it's possible, but... But again, if they want to loan a player... Yeah, I mean, um, we would absolutely take Ema back, you know, just, just for a couple games. No, knowing FC Dallas, if you give them enough money, they'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bobby, if you're hearing this, you probably aren't, but get, throw them some money. I mean, why not? Why not? You yourself said running the bold was, was just fun for you, so let's make it fun. Um, but like I said, you know, the game was great. Uh, you know, I was really happy to see, you know, quite a few people out there. Um, you know, not the biggest crowd, but enough. Uh, obviously, Cinco Dose in, in full voice. So, um, shout out to them. Always, always being there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. You know, we hopped up in the playoff position, uh, pretty decently. So, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see what happens the rest of the season. I mean, so, so my first question for you on that game is, mm-hmm. was the merch table open? The merch table was open. Oh, the wow. concessions were open. $2 beers until halftime. Uh, they yeah, had, they had $2 they, beers for the previous one. Yeah, they yeah, just didn't have, SLC. they only had like two or three Yeah, I don't know what happened. To get I, 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 maybe they had an infection or something. I don't know. But yeah, merch merch was open. They still don't okay. have jerseys. So they've got shirt, t-shirts, though. We <laughs> uh, have plenty of t-shirts and hats and scarves and balls and um, uh, a training top. But uh, I, I, I think there was like one older jersey. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, that, that was all open and... and and up, and I think it was like a Girl Scout Appreciation Night as well, or something oh, with the Girl Scouts. Um, I think nothing quite, says Girl Scout appreciation like two dollar beer. That's right, that's right. Um, but uh, and they and they still have the best mascot in Texas. I, I tell you that right now. <laughs> I saw that mascot. It's an armadillo. He's, he's right? fantastic. Yes, it's an armadillo that's teal and gold and black, and a soccer ball <laughs> is his shell, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I forget who was there with me last game and saw that and said, "What is that?" I said, "It's got to be an armadillo." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's an armadillo. And they what else totally didn't get that it was an armadillo, and I was like, "That is that is absolutely an armadillo." And yep. that's definitely got some history in 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 Austin. It does. It does. The armadillo with the soccer ball mm-hmm. shell. Yep. Um, it's classic. It, it, it classic. is. It is pretty. I will give them the mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I will give them the mascot. Um. But I guess that uh, I had made a prediction, and I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I and um, Harry Austin mm-hmm. were all kind of in agreement that it's going to be El Paso. It's going to be yep. switchbacks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be San Antonio. Yep. Uh, we all disagreed on who that fourth team was going to be. Right. So um, I predicted New Mexico United. You predicted uh, FC Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um and that game went a long way to boosting you in that prediction, right? It sure did. Yeah, and I mean, because I mean, we basically leapfrogged New Mexico and RGV to get into that spot. Well, and then Harry came on, and he was like, "No, it's going to be RGV." Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I it's going to be an interesting run to see which one of us pulls out that um, prediction, so right? Yeah, and I mean, I'll be I'll be happy. I mean, with three Texas teams in the top four spots, that's a win. For me, honestly. I mean, whether it's Bold, whether it's RGV. In, in the Mountain Division. In the Mountain Division, yeah. The Mountain Division. In the Mountain Division, which is the toughest division in USL, the, hands down. The so, majestic peaks of that's right, Austin, majestic San Antonio, peaks, and the Rio Grande Valley. That's right. Yes, the in the peaks. Mountain Division of USL. In the Mountain okay. Division, yes. <laughs> they couldn't call it Central because you got... I mean, we're going from Utah to Austin here, okay? There, there are mountains in there somewhere, okay? Anyway... <laughs> but yes, in in the mountain division, so I yeah, I'll see that as a win. But I'd, I'd love to see the bold, you know, pop in there and just just cause some havoc. 
Well, I understand that we have the original Alamo City OG, Harry Austin, joining us today. Is that right? We do. We do. We will have a, a conversation specifically with him uh, coming up here. Well, let's let's bring on Harry and see um, see how that goes for some USL talk with Harry Austin. All right. I guess Texas ain't no different from the rest, and San Antonio was just way down for San Antonio. It's just like Compton. Yeah, girl, San Antonio. It's just like Compton. All right, so we're not going to talk uh, MLS. We can talk whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> So, all right, folks, we got Harry Austin with us here to talk some some USL and, and maybe some other things. And we're really excited to have him. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Hey, Nori, thanks for uh, having me on as the uh, first official guest. Sorry I missed the uh, <laughs> first episode. Um, That's okay. just didn't, didn't work out. But uh, yeah. the second one, we're still working out the kinks. But uh, the first episode was good. Thanks. We appreciate that. So, uh, so why don't we backtrack a little bit and talk about how you convinced David to attend a not only a USL match, <laughs> a USL match at Bold Stadium in Austin, Texas. No, no, come on, Rob. I want to have you know I've been to lots of USL matches. <laughs> I know, I know. I tease, but specifically this one in this stadium with this team. I don't know if it took a whole lot of convincing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I think I've worn them down over the three years, right? Yeah. Since it's been been about since the bowl. Yeah, probably the... so. I mean, let, let's be up front with everybody. I've actually been to quite a few uh, San Antonio matches at Toyota State. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I... uh, for the bold, you know, you know, I'm sure we don't want to go into that ugly history and, you know, all, all, all the. Uh... Not on this episode. <laughs> yeah, we might do it no. another time. But uh, but I have to say, I'm jealous. I'm absolutely jealous that y'all were there. I wasn't. Yeah. How, uh, how did that happen? I had a, I rehearsed, <laughs> had a rehearsal for the show I'm in right now and uh, couldn't get out of it. So. Um, you know, when so you, out of the three of us, <laughs> I've been to the two two San Antonio Bold games in, in Austin. Um, yep, I've been and, to one, and, and and the 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 hosts have only been to one each. So, and I think uh, that's fair. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. And I, I'm planning on being at the one at uh, Toyota Stadium. So, uh, I'm really excited because that's gonna be my first time at Toyota. So oh, really? I'm 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 pumped. So yeah, I, I keep trying to go, and then things happen and stuff, but. Um, but let's, I mean, let's talk about the game that happened at Bold Stadium between SAFC and Austin Bold FC. Um, it was, I'll be honest, a bit of a shocker for me, that scoreline. Um, it, it was a tremendous shocker for me. Yeah. And, uh, and what uh, did I say? I think I was pretty spot on where I wasn't, I felt it was a trap game for San Antonio. Yeah. And because it was they played on Saturday, mm-hmm. turned around and played the bold on Tuesday. Um right. so very short turnaround and and there was another game like what the previous Wednesday or something too, right? Yeah. I so, mean it was it was real, three in real real close proximity. Yeah, San Antonio is on a stretch since the twenty mm-hmm. eighth through now where they've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um so, I mean, so they were they were 
a little gas, I would I would say. They, uh, they had heavy they legs still, and I say this from a San Antonio aspect. Then mm-hmm. um, he, you know, and, I, and I've spoke with uh, you know Somos Mas uh, that covers uh, you know New Mexico United, mm-hmm. um, who Austin also beat uh, mm-hmm. that following Friday. And I was there for that one. I think the perception of Austin is that. Because they were trading away, or not trading, they were loaning, trading mm-hmm. away, selling, their selling, their their players. Mm-hmm. That the depth wasn't there. Yeah, and I still don't think the depth is there. Mm-hmm. Um, There's five know, on the bench, <laughs> you know, for for them. But I do think the I think the coaching change played an important part too Mm -hmm. Um, and this is something that you can probably speak into a little bit more Mm -hmm. here rob Um, usually when there's a coaching change especially with somebody that's well liked you're gonna you know especially that first match or two you're the team's gonna get a bump so it was just kind of that perfect storm you know i remember you know i met uh uh, david uh, for uh, some beers and he's like well san antonio should just you know, should take care of them. And I was like, eh, you know, hold on. Austin beat San Antonio in San Antonio. Yes, mm-hmm. they, they did rebound and beat them, um, you know, in, in Austin, fairly mm-hmm. convincing um, in the match that you and I were at. That was a convincing um, match for sure. And, but Austin's always played San Antonio tough, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's been a couple of blowouts like the U.S. Open, you know, you know, where Austin mm-hmm. just took San Antonio to the woodshed. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the reverse here was, you know, was the um, the you know, first match in Austin was probably about the biggest blowout that I think I can remember outside of the Open Cup match. Yeah. Um, but all other matches have been close and, you know, San Antonio had its chances. They just couldn't mm-hmm. finish. And, and of course, if Austin gets the lead, as New Mexico saw, uh, they typically don't give it up just because mm-hmm. they're a very disciplined team and, um you know, you know, they don't really have much of attack, but you know, like I said here on that night, you know, they were able to get two goals, and yeah, um, that you know, that's all it wrote. And I think the three goals came in what a five minute span, right at the end yeah. of the first half, and mm-hmm. second half it was, you know, typical Austin, you know, Austin Bold soccer where mm-hmm. you know the bend but don't break, and you know, <laughs> you have to give hats off to you know Austin. You know, they 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 got the job that that night, and. You know, if, if I was a neutral, it was awesome to see. What is it, uh, Coach Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Thompson. Ryan Thompson get his first win, and um, Rob can, can probably speak a little bit more about his story. But um, you know, as a you know, if if I wasn't a San Antonio FC fan, you know, hey, that would be awesome to see. And then of course they followed it up on, on Friday night, getting the win over New Mexico one zero as well. Yep, yep. And I and I totally agree with you. I mean they got an absolute lift from from putting Thompson in the in the head coaching spot for the rest of the season I think I'm sure he's seen all aspects of coaching and he has his own brand and he's very well liked and I and I feel like you know yeah in that SAFC and in the New Mexico match I could see that lift in the team um absolutely so here here's my question to you here Rob mm-hmm. and, and this goes back to the last couple of teams that you know I don't think it's officially been announced but the hats out of the back that that the bold are most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, relocating to Fort Worth it is, right. it, you know, it's, it's been publicized out there. The bold came out with a comment, but not really a, mm-hmm. Hey, we're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, Hey, we're, we're still looking at options. Right. Yeah. Um, 
generally speaking, in a you know, like Fresno to me is the the biggest uh, biggest example of this. Right after they beat Phoenix in their what twenty twenty one game winning streak, mm-hmm. it came out that you know they were shutting down, and I don't right. think they won the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think Austin just on how they play, I don't think you're going to quite see that slump here, but. You know, looking at the Austin schedule, you know, they go away, you know, against Tulsa mm-hmm. yeah, this Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, and then they get El Paso, you know, followed by Colorado Springs. Right. And then the makeup against Tacoma, you know, from earlier in the year mm-hmm. uh, for that here. So their schedule gets a lot tougher. Yep. Do you do you see once, you know, once this honeymoon period is over, <laughs> do you think that they maintain this or do you think you know they drop down most likely to where i think most people you know unfortunately believe that that the talent is and mm-hmm. they did bring back sunny i'm not yeah. sure how much that he has left in the tank but uh we'll see yeah i mean i i, I think what they once they hit this stiff, stiffer op- opposition um you know tulsa may not be a huge test for them i mean I know they're a pretty good team but um definitely not in the same League not El Paso, El Paso they've won six in a row. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're on a good roll. So, um, I mean, I, I think the real test is going to be the El Paso Colorado Springs mm-hmm. matches. I mean, Tulsa, you know, it's it's a non conference game, so it's not you know as important um, as the conference. But uh, but we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I, if they lose against Tulsa. I don't think it'll be as big of a blow as, you know, if they lose against El Paso and Colorado Springs as well. Your thoughts, David, on the bold uh, as far as, you know, do you, do you see them hanging on to that fourth slot or do you, you see them sliding down the table a little bit? Well, we kind of discussed this a little bit, but um, my, my pick is New Mexico for that fourth spot. And I know you're not high on New Mexico, but I kind of picked them by – in some ways by default, because I look at Austin or as I call them FC Fort Worth and <laughs> no, I can't see them playing out the season and, and making that stick. And then the other team they're fighting with is RGV and RGV has just gone into the tank recently. So it's kind of, I see both the bold and RGV on serious downslopes and who else is there to take that fourth spot. It's going to be New Mexico for me. So we're going to have an interesting run to see which one of the three of us gets that that correct after, you know, end of the season. Um, I think we all agree San Antonio is going to be there, though. They've been mm-hmm. on quite the roll. Uh, so how, how do you see the season playing out for San Antonio? I think they're, barring injuries, I think they're going to finish second. Um, they have the tiebreaker over uh, Colorado Springs. Um, even though they have it, um, one more match left uh, against them. But when you look at the schedule, they play away at Sacramento, which you know is the end of their four-game road trip across all four time zones. And you know, basically, they went from Salt Lake on um, last Saturday to New York on Wednesday, back to Sacramento uh, for a game this week. They come home and play New Mexico. Uh, then they go on the road for two at, at Oklahoma uh, City Energy and then away uh, to El Paso. I think the El Paso is a loss as much as, you know, I'd love to see them win. Right. You know, I, I just, you know, San Antonio struggles, you know, playing, you know, in, in El Paso like most people. 
<clears throat> but I think if they can get past this, then four out of their last five's at home. You know, with Memphis, Tulsa, Austin, um, and then the last game is against the Switchback. So, you know, they they do have a away game in New Mexico, uh, which is on a Wednesday. And the <clears throat> funny thing about New Mexico and San Antonio is, even though if you look at the season series, it's close, but the matches, the home team always dominates. It seems like so. You know, like I said, I think San Antonio's got two clear losses on uh, on the remaining of the schedule with El Paso and New Mexico. You know, I was talking with somebody from Sacramento today. Sacramento's had a week, you know, had a week of rest. Um, this is the end of, of, of San Antonio's road trip. So <clears throat> would it shock me if they got a loss in Sacramento? No, I don't I don't know if I would say they're predicted to win, but I think I think they have enough talent to to come away with a draw. Um, but I, I could I see them sneaking into that second slot. Um, worst case, the third slot. I don't see them dropping all the way out, you know, down to the fourth slot. But this is San Antonio, and and they have a habit um, of not ending the season well. Um, but I think this year could be a little bit different because um, every other season they got off to a hot uh, hot start and cooled off. This year, you know, they got off, you know, to a slow start. Um, not really a lot of losses, but a lot of draws. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, since August, once they've started getting healthy, um, and, and still San Antonio's missing, you know, a few key key uh few key parts of the of the team here. Um, but uh it, it'll be interesting. I, I do think you know the mountain division is yeah. probably the best, especially as far as the division. Um as, you know, top to bottom as far We're as surprised we got some service here with all the mountains between Austin and San Antonio. <laughs> well, what else are you going to call it, though? But uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment for the rest of uh, rest of San Antonio season. And and yeah, I mean, whatever happens with bold happens with bold for me. I I have no expectations at this point. But Here's Harry, a question. You, you told me that you thought that. Um, RGV, I think, was going to. I think RGV will get it. Yes, I, I still. I, I want to know why you why? think that's going to happen. Because they keep bringing in players. They brought in Frank Lopez on loan from from the Energy. They brought in some somebody else from uh, MLS team. So they're bringing in some reinforcements. They brought in a bold player as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fort Worth so, players. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're still bringing in. For New Mexico, what gives you confidence that they're going to be able to pull out any any results? Um, only because they're not RGV and they're not bold. That's yes, that's what but, gives me confidence. But what has New Mexico won this year? They they can't score. That's the problem. Yeah. New Mexico up front, Sandoval, <laughs> Sandoval has lost a step. They don't, you know, for New Mexico, they need to get somebody that that has speed. And at this point, you know, there's still, probably, I think, what a week left uh, um, in the yeah. in the window. I think it closes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say in the next within the next ten days, mm-hmm. um, they need somebody to 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 score. They've only scored 27 goals, mm-hmm. and for New Mexico, that's that's well below what their average is. Yeah. Austin scored 21 goals, and we know how challenging they are offensively. You know, even before they gave away their best offensive players. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, for that here. So I just well, that was going to be my point. You say that New Mexico can't score, which I'll okay, granted, but Austin can't either, and RGV's but, not lighting it up these days. So. RGV's doing fairly well. They've got thirty-two goals. You know, now they've RGV. The the problem is their defense. You know, they they suffer from what San Antonio right. does, giving up those late goals right at the end. Now so here can... here's the problem. If you get fourth, you know who that's a date with, right? It's a date yeah. out of Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So now I know anything can happen. Last year it took, you know, an Asante punch, you know, uh, to be able to get past Sacramento mm-hmm. um, before it went to, to PKs. Um, so anything can happen. We saw that in San Antonio where, you know, uh, there was a questionable handball um, mm-hmm. that was allowed uh, for New Mexico to, to be able to get their goal. And, and, you know, so anything can happen, but I, you know, to me, whoever finishes fourth, you know, in 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 the mountain, yeah, it's not you know, it's it's not a good spot to be. You know, I mean, you I know, would much rather play Lou City. <laughs> <laughs> Although Phoenix, with their new stadium, they're not mm-hmm. drawn like they used to. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. Oh, that's true. See. It'll be kind of interesting, but still, with Phoenix, you know, they're still a powerful team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that, you know, with, with El Paso tying the switchbacks last night and, and rising getting by, uh, you know, Vegas, that that's going to swing the momentum for Phoenix to be the top seed throughout uh, probably the entire playoffs. So, yeah. Well, I think it's going to be an exciting end of the season and mm-hmm. I think a pretty good playoff uh, battle as well. Did you want to pipe in on our uh, MLS discussion, Harry? I, I heard you had some. <laughs> Uh, comments about that so here's my problem with austin at fc and i know mark bay kind of tried to poke the poke the bear today saying hey why is not nobody saying anything about pre-court which i think fair which i think which i think is fair mm-hmm. because pre-court's history has always been a lower than average roster um not as bad as what Houston's what Houston has right now, and I think Austin FC has 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 played it. But here's the problem, you know, for Austin FC is they hired a young coach. Mm-hmm. Their DPS are young, and you've got inexperience working with inexperience, um, and and you're seeing that you're seeing those growing pains. You add that with you know an, an outstanding you know, fan base, you know, with, you know, Las Verdes and, and Austin Anthem, you know, so the environment that Q2 brings is, you know, probably, you know, one of the tops, you know, in the league this year, you know, the, you know, with, without question that, you know, you know, I, you know, I told David, I won't go this year, but you know, the, the second year, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll make an appearance there. But I just think that, that combination of having that young coach who's who's learning on the learning on the ropes with the young roster, it doesn't meet the expectations that the fans had had built up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it with you know Cincinnati, you know when when they came into the league after they crushed uh, USL, um, and they struggled. The MLS is is unless you're coming in with what LAFC had, what Bradley Wright. Mm-hmm. And quality, older, experienced DPs, 
Atlanta United had, and I forget the name of the coach, but a proven Tata coach. Martino. Tata Martino. But they, you know, they had him, a, pr- a proven coach, and they spent money. So I think, I think for Austin FC to say, hey, year one, you're going to make the playoffs, wasn't it? Wasn't realistic. I, I don't think that's those were realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And, but yet you see the fan base in, how do you how do you tell that fan base? Hey, you shouldn't expect wins. Um, and you know, I think we saw you know the first what the the Dallas match. That was the first big red sign. You know, you know, for Coach Wolf, where maybe is he the right guy to do it? Because I'm sorry, you know, Dallas and Houston, you you better be playing your best lineups. There, there's no yeah. excuse not to be playing your best lineups. That's not the game to rotate your ro- rotate your roster. It's not. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, you know, they what they signed a DP that's what 50 minutes in, right, David? 50 minutes and what five, six games? How do you seven games at this point? (laughs) And and, you know, I know you had a discussion with with uh, Mr. Bills as well, you know, on Twitter as far as who is this on? And you know, you, you can't say, hey, you know, you know, pre courts spending the money and bringing in the players. Um, but then on the other hand, the players aren't getting the results. They, you know, they're not playing their, their young DP. You can't have it both ways. There's, there's gotta be somebody, you know, besides coach Wolf, um, that's, that's accountable, whether that's, you know, the GM, what Raina, I think is right. Uh, Raina, yeah. um, Raina or pre, you know, in pre-court. I don't, I don't think pre-court's the fall guy this time. Um, and that's why I, I was kind of surprised that Mark Bay went there um, just because, you know, putting out the stadium, you know, for San Antonio, they've got to perform well, at least on, on the, you know, you know, in the stands mm-hmm. and, you know, but proof is in the pudding, you know, they're, they're getting, res- you know, they're not getting the results, but what I think there was a report 90, what 95% or so renewed season tickets for next year or so. 96%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as he's got people in the stands, it's hard, it's hard to fault him. Now the question is, is what question is, can they maintain it? And that's you, David is, uh, how, how do they turn this ship around? Well, that's a great question. If I had the answer to that, I'd be making a lot more money than I am. <laughs> but, uh, right. they, I think, you know, I thought the criticism of pre-court today was, completely off base, which is why I spoke up on that. Claudio's job has been to somewhat to pick the talent and bring them in. Um, I don't, I think the perception from the fans in this part is of the state is that the talent is there to be better than last place. Um, and that so to say. that's why it falls on the coach for most people. It's because they look at the owner spending more than he did in Columbus, more than Houston, more than Dallas. They look at the talent that's been brought in saying the talent is sufficient. And then they look at the coach saying the coach is costing us games. And I think that's where the criticism of Wolf in particular has come in. For, you know, as, as much as I don't know if, if Wolf is or isn't the guy, I think that he, you know, he deserves more than one year. Um, you know, just in my opinion, 
Yeah. Your thoughts, Rob? I, I know you're I mean, kind of like me, uh, not really an Austin FC fan, but I'm sure you probably follow him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have the same mind. You know, give, give, them, give them time. But, I mean, the position that they're in is, I think, 100% his fault right now. Um, maybe 90%. I don't know. But <laughs> it's mostly his fault. I do have a question here for you, though, Rob. Yeah. The Bulls have been playing three years, right? This is yep. the third year. Third year. Mm-hmm. The, sort of. the the South stands. Yeah. They've had the races. The, they've had, what, the races late in the season before. Yes. Right? And they have not turned them around before. Okay, so that's what <laughs> I wanted to kind of know is when I put that out, everybody was like, no, they got the race coming. And I'm like, yeah, right. It's, uh, <laughs> that may be why that they're turning them around now, but yeah. let's, that's not why. It, yeah, you know, yeah. For that here. So, I mean, you know, they're probably testing out a new, because they, they've never had a stand there. Um, so I'm sure they're just like, oh, well, cool. We had stands here facing this All way. All we got to do turn is turn around, around and, and, you know, boom, there you go. It's, it's through there. And, and, you know, unfortunately the, the bold attendance, it's, you know, I hate to say it, it's not like you needed people there because, you know, there's still you know, yep. stuff on the East and West stands. Um, I do think where they did put the supporters group, uh, in the stands up high. Mm-hmm. I do think that they come across a lot more louder on mm-hmm. the uh, broadcast, which which is which is yep. good. And I'm just yeah. you know it's too bad it's took you know unfortunately that towards the end for that to yeah. come into play. So I have a question for you, Harry, before we let you go, and mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, I understand San Antonio runners are going to be Open Cup first round in El Paso. Mm. I wanted to know if you had any yes. thoughts about them having to go to El Paso for that. Snap. Um, it's a, what, an eight-hour eight drive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest, uh, the runners ain't flying. So. <laughs> um, it, it'll be interesting. I know uh, Dan Vaughn's going to be covering it, uh, you know, uh, covering the match. I want to say it's what, against Southwest's uh who are they playing it's a it's a long drive mm-hmm. since the runners have went to in it you know the national soccer league it's been harder to kind of know what they're what they're doing so i'm not sure what kind of roster they're gonna have um i know mason's putting trying to put together a good roster to be able to you know because i know his goal is to um be able to get to where you face a pro team, whether it's San Antonio, Austin, RGV, you know, along those lines, um, you know, to, you know, to be able to play, play to that level. Um, the, the team over in, in El Paso, from my understanding is a, a fairly good UPSL team. So right, it, it'll be a challenge, you know, and this is probably a question for you is at this time, it's trying just to get, you know, 11, 12, 15 guys, 17 guys together that, that have talent um, to be able to do this, right? You know, because, you know, the, the Open Cup can have a different roster than what your normal league or along those lines is. The only issue is that once you play for Team A, you're locked mm-hmm. in, you know, for that Team A, you know, for the rest of, of the Open Cup. Yep. That's right, yeah. And uh, you're kind of locked in or you're definitely locked in at this point to domestic players because the international clearances take so long that you would have had to put together that roster 
before you even knew your opponent to get the clearances done. So um, I guess yeah, we uh, they, they play El Paso Southwest Football Club um, at uh, eight o'clock our time. Um, I don't know if there is, you know, if it's going to be on uh, 11 sports or not. It doesn't say uh, for that here. So but no, it's it's a, it's a good opportunity. Um, you know, you just, you know, you know, in, in this, I know you guys kind of cover Gulf Coast, but, you know, uh, you know, we know Gulf Coast isn't participating in the Open Cup based on was it, how, how, what, uh, was it Louisiana Crew? Um, Louisiana Crew was treated how they were team. treated uh, last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been so long since we've had an Open Cup. Yeah. Um, well, and group. to be to be fair, uh, the league did allow all the teams to make their own decisions. I think that was just um, seeing the state the state of U.S. Open Cup. I think most teams came to that same conclusion. And doing things, in, in my personal opinion, as someone who runs a lower league club, doing things like making a first-round matchup with El Paso for a team from San Antonio, that's kind of an example of, of – some of the issues that they need to work out because that's an unrealistic trip in my estimation to ask them to go in the first round to El Paso for that match. So uh, I wish the runners all the luck in that match. I know that's a hard trip to make though. But here's the problem. If, if they get past that, who do they play next? Somebody from Dallas or do they have to go to Colorado? That that's the, the problem right now is well part of the problem is that the teams did not sign up for this round of the u.s open cup because the way they've handled the past two years because in years past you would have three you've had up to three austin teams participating you've had multiple teams in this area throw their hat in the ring for u.s open cup they did not do that this year right well here's the whole problem with 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 uh, you well, not the whole problem. There's a whole bunch of problems, but the <laughs> yeah, open we can do cup, a whole show on U.S. Open Cup problems, right? The Open Cup problem is we can't play the Open Cup for this year, but the amateur teams can qual, you know, start their qualifying time. So let's just give MLS the 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 the, the fourth slot uh, for right here. So. If you can make sense of that, you know, hey, you're, you're a smarter man than I am, uh, or a woman, uh, to be fair. Uh, I just, I, I don't understand that logic. You know, I, I think it's a, a missed opportunity um, that there is, that there isn't an open cup this year. And then, if you weren't going to do a full open cup, why not do with the champions of the leagues? You know, with NISA, with League One, with USL you know, Championship, with you know that fourth slot from MLS. You know, have have it at a week. You know, have it. You know, you know Disney Wide World of Sports, or you know, middle of the country soccer pitch. Have it. You know, put it on ESPN Plus. You know, you know ESPN Fox. Whoever wants to cover it. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think people would have tuned in. You know, mm-hmm. you would have had Detroit City, let's say, going against you know Phoenix or Tampa or Loose City. You know, most likely, you know, you would have had you know, let's say, Union Omaha or Omaha Union going against that fourth thing there, and then the two winners advance. To me, that would have been a fair and equitable way, as opposed to, oh, hey, we're just going to give it to MLS because that's what we do. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Harry, as always, I appreciate your insight and your opinions on all of this. And I 
I, th- I thank you for piping in. Hey, no words. Anytime you need a, you know, a third co-host to kind of say, Hey, this is, this is right or wrong or, you know, somebody to take the hot takes for you. I'm open. We'll definitely give you a call. <laughs> All right. See you guys All later, right. guys. All right. Thanks, Eric. Bye. Well, thanks, Rob. That was an interesting conversation. I it look, was. I look forward to uh, hearing Harry and his um, awesome theme song. Yes. Uh, <laughs> coming up in future episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, having some San Antonio talk mm-hmm. is uh, definitely something we can we can sneak in from time to time. And Absolutely. I think Harry's the best person to do it, right? 100%. So, Love talking to him. Thanks, Harry. We appreciate you. As always, best to you. Stay safe. Before we go, since episode one is soon to become the lost episode, yes. <laughs> um, there's a couple of things I, I want to mention. So, um, first of all, I want to give a, a shout out to uh, the Lobos and our sponsor with um, Tanya Rosamond. Eres menor de 21 años y soltero. No vives con tus padres o solo vives con uno de los padres. Entonces, puede que califiques para un remedio bajo las leyes de inmigración de los Estados Unidos que le permite obtener un permiso de trabajo y vivir legalmente en los Estados Unidos. La abogada Tanya Rosamond ha tenido su licencia por 10 años y es hija de padres inmigrantes. Deje que la abogada Tanya lo ayude con sus servicios de inmigración y derecho familiar. Llame o envíe un texto hoy para una consulta al 512 and uh, I also want to mention if anyone out there has kids who are interested in uh, joining the Lobos Youth Academy, we always accept new registrations. Uh, so check us out on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, and feel free to uh register on our website and just come out to one of the practices your first practice is free see if you like it see if the kids like it um but we're always signing up kids um for our program we also need uh coaches so if anybody out there wants to volunteer to coach feel free to do that and as a final um lobo's youth academy plug we're gonna have a uh fundraiser i think we're gonna be celebrating uh indigenous people's day nice which will be the weekend of october 9th and 10th and mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be doing a 7v7 tournament so if anybody out there cool. wants to participate in that 7v7 tournament help out the lobos youth academy all proceeds will benefit the youth academy and uh the harmony school of excellence athletic department i guess we should in um reviewing the lost episode yeah mention uh concacaf a little bit sure yeah why not i guess the big deal with uh concacaf has been the uh world cup qualifying matches so we yep. talked in the lost episode a bit about the united states mm-hmm. men's national team and their fearless leader uh greg berhalter um we talked about, you know, standings are a little bit. People were really on Berhalter quite a bit those first two games, mm-hmm. and they pulled out that 4-1 victory yep. uh, via Ricardo Pepe, basically. That's right, yeah. In that uh, <laughs> match in Honduras against Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sporting. This you is not are. a commentary of that, but um, shout out to Gamonera, who get, brought me back this uh, Honduras 504 Catrachos jersey, which I'm sporting today. 
my Guanaco friends always say I'm I'm repping the catrachos too much, and my catracho <laughs> friends say I'm repping the guanacos too much. <laughs> Uh, so, Sick aside, David. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> we we can discuss that one day. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm high on El Salvador with World Cup oh, qualifying. I know, I know, I know. Um, I think uh, we've got our team in Honduras, which mm-hmm. has actually gotten the all clear to start play. So all right, yeah. Liga good. Mayor is going to start up um, late September in Honduras, and they're going to start. I think our first game is going to be uh, October second. Right. Is when it's projected. We should have nice. a final schedule up pretty soon. But yeah, yeah, we've I've got lots of connections to both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I try to pull for both. Mm-hmm. Definitely over Canada, as yeah, we discussed. Definitely but, over Canada. Yeah. Um, after the first round, you've got Mexico sitting at mm-hmm. seven points. Yeah. You've got the U.S., Canada, and Panama mm-hmm. all at five points. Right. Um. Then Honduras and El Salvador are at two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that. Um, Burhalter head scratching decisions. Yep. But we've got this round coming up in October, the mm-hmm. window in October, where they get Costa Rica at home, at Panama. They get um, Jamaica. Jamaica at home at, home at Q2 Stadium. That's the first mm-hmm. game. I've got to look at that and say Jamaica, Panama, Costa Rica, U.S. Bulls. Seven or nine points yeah, from that. Yeah, it's a pretty favorable ra- uh, round for them. And right. if, I mean, they sh- should be able to capitalize on it. So all of you who are saying Burhalter out, um, <laughs> things are not looking good for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a very good U.S. men's national team coach. No. I think we are stuck with him now throughout qualifying. I think so, too. And, again, I think we agreed that it was, uh, who do you think, top three going through? Uh, we had uh, Mexico, U.S., and... Three, four, Salvador, five right? is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. three, so, four, five is definitely going to be interesting. So three and a half go through, which is one of mm-hmm. those. I actually right, told yeah. somebody who knows nothing about soccer. Uh, <laughs> I when I was watching New Zealand. <laughs> right. I was, I was watching the one of the games. It was the U.S.-Canada match, actually. I was in Louisiana mm-hmm. uh, post-hurricane, and watching that game and somebody said oh this is they asked me what it was i was like qualifying for this region Mm -hmm. and they said and how many teams from this region go to the world cup i said three and a half and a half and the question immediately was how does a half a team go to the world cup (laughs) so uh but three and a half go to the world cup for those Mm -hmm. of you who don't know the answer to that question the fourth place team goes into a playoff against one of the other confederations. I don't know that they Oceania. said yet. Is it? I thought, I, I thought it was always going to be Oceania. No, it rotates. Are they, are they rotating it? Okay. And, and so yeah, I, I don't know who it is this time. And they didn't. Last time it was New Zealand. Right. They Oceania. they had a specific rotation, but this year all I saw was against another confederation. I don't know who it's going to be. So um, Mystery. Right. So the third place team goes through directly. The fourth place team goes to a playoff. Mm-hmm. The fifth place team is out. I think we both agree that it's going to be Canada, Honduras, El Salvador. I, yeah, I think the, those are going to be the ones vying for that that fourth spot. Yeah, because to me, Panama, Jamaica, Costa Rica. I know Panama's done pretty good so far, mm-hmm. but um, but no, yeah, they're Panama. They're yeah. not. They're not there this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Costa Rica is also not there yep. this cycle. They've got Kaylor Navas, but not a whole lot else. And so I think we agree on that three to five spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we 
know who's going to be three, who's going to be right. four, who's going to be five. Um, I'm high on El Salvador and Hugo Perez. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen him play, but I've seen a lot of people, you know, being very enthusiastic about Hugo, uh, being in charge of this El, El Salvador side. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to making an effort to watch El Salvador this next window in October. He, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. He's definitely getting the most out of his talent, and mm-hmm. that's what I really like about him. And I think they are a team that will get better as qualification goes on because he's only been in charge for about three months. Right. Now, I did talk to my uh, friends down in Honduras who mm-hmm. there's a movement, kind of like there's a Burhalter out, there's a oh, Coito really? out Uh-oh. in Honduras. They're mm-hmm. not happy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even some allegations of throwing the match against the United States. Really? Um, I hadn't heard about so, that. Either. Yeah, Ooh. it's always drama down in Honduras. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get into Honduras, El Salvador, and the the soccer culture down there and it's intense. Yeah. So and, you have a game like that and, and you're on the hot seat mm-hmm. instantaneously. Yeah. So Honduras yeah. sitting on two points after three matches, the fans are not, not happy. No, they are not happy. Uh, so we'll see what, um, what comes out of CONCACAF qualifying. You got any yeah. more thoughts on CONCACAF before we wrap up the segment? Um, no, I mean, I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably going to be the most exciting three, four, five battle that we've had. In a while, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's that's going to be interesting, and we'll see how that all plays out. Um, as you know, I'm hoping Canada does not pull through, right? <laughs> um, so we'll see, though. I mean, Alfonso Davies is a beast. He is. So uh, he can carry that team. Absolutely, I think huge. if he stays healthy, they've got um, probably the inside track to it. Yep. Um, but you, when you're relying on a player. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tough call. So yep. we'll see how the rest of qualifying goes. That's it for me today. I'm Dave Waldings. Rob, you got any final thoughts for us? Keep watching soccer, folks. Enjoy the beautiful game. And that'll be all from South Austin Beer Garden. Signing off today. Yeah,